Hello and welcome to Saltwire Today for Thursday, February 23rd. I'm Scott Squires, in for Kate Walker. There's been a lot of buzz about the weather over the past few days, so we're going to check in with our weather specialist, Alistair Alders, to wade through the chatter. Alistair, if tomorrow's forecast was an emoji, what emoji would it be? Well, Scott, I guess it just depends on how much you like the snow. If you're a big fan of it, perhaps maybe the hard eyes, but if you're not looking forward to it, perhaps a sad face or even the cold face, because for most of us, this is going to be a chilly snow event. Now, we had the first of two low-pressure systems slide south of Nova Scotia today, brought some snow to southwest Nova Scotia. The second low will bring more widespread snow to much of the province tomorrow, and we'll take a look at that with the weather timeline. And you can see that as we go through the overnight hours into early on Friday morning, we have periods of snow developing across a large portion of mainland Nova Scotia, certainly central and western Nova Scotia and as well a large portion of New Brunswick. As we go through the morning hours on Friday, that snow will become more widespread and some heavier bands will also start to impact parts of Nova Scotia. Now keep in mind that on the south shore of Nova Scotia between Yarmouth and Shelburne counties, looks like temperatures could warm up just enough that we do see a bit of mixing with ice pellets or rain, but otherwise temperatures will be cold enough that this will be just snow for the rest of the province. That snow will continue for Nova Scotia, much of the province, at least the mainland in the afternoon, just some flurries over Cape Breton. The snow eases to flurries across the province as we head into and through Friday evening. Now, in terms of how much snow, looks like a general five to 10 centimeters for most of the province, except one to five centimeters for the northeast mainland into Cape Breton. However, this is going to be a fluffier snow and it will have more chance to possibly accumulate. So I do think there will be some pockets of 10 to 15 centimeters stretching from the Annapolis Valley, Lunenburg, parts of Queens counties into the Halifax area and possibly the potential we could see some locally higher amounts. So we'll need to keep that in mind. As we take a look at the winds, starting the day tomorrow, relatively light, but as that system strengthens and then passes off towards the east, we will see northeast and northerly winds gusting 30 to 50 kilometers per hour, except 60 to 70 directly along parts of the Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia. So as we go, especially through Friday afternoon, visibility is forecast to be quite poor across Nova Scotia. Now, generally not a significant snowfall for the province. However, travel will likely become tricky um, across much of the mainland if you do have any travel plans, especially tomorrow afternoon into the evening hours. As I just mentioned, visibility will be poor with winds picking up in the afternoon. So if you do have to be out tomorrow, just make sure you take care while out on the roads. Scott. Thanks, Alistair. We'll check back in with you again later in the show. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visited Dalhousie University today and held a town hall with about 100 students from five Halifax area universities. The PM addressed a variety of issues with a focus on health care. Now, we know uh, that our health care uh, system is a huge point of pride for so many Canadians. Having public universal health care uh, is something that distinguishes us from our neighbours to the south, but it more, uh, it goes to the heart of who we are as Canadians, understanding uh, that for any of us to succeed, all of us have to have a real and fair chance to succeed. And uh, that principle of public health care is really important. The Prime Minister also dropped some breaking news on an agreement in principle with the four Atlantic provinces and Ontario. 
know, who've said, yes, we're in for these healthcare deals. Let's start uh, negotiating the details on you know, how many family doctors we want to add, what we're going to be investing in mental health, how we're going to move forward to get the best possible outcomes for Canadians over the coming years. So that's uh, fresh off the press this morning uh, that uh, a whole bunch of provinces are raring to go. There's lots more to do. Our Francis Campbell was there, and we'll have more on the Prime Minister's visit at saltwire.com. Friday marks the first anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Hundreds of refugees have found sanctuary in Nova Scotia, and community groups have helped them get settled. Volunteers in the Halifax area opened up the Ukrainian store last year to collect donations for the refugees who left their home country with just a bag or two. But the store is about to be lost. A property owner who donated commercial space for the store has found a tenant and the community group has to leave. Founder of the group Rick Langell said Nova Scotians and Ukrainians alike are saddened by the news and stated the need is now greater than ever. The Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, Nova Scotia branch, is organizing a vigil at Grand Parade at 5.30 p.m. tomorrow called 365 Days of Resistance Candlelight Vigil in Solidarity with Ukraine. Our Jen Taplin has more at saltwire.com. Researchers have found that genetic markers can be used to predict the risk of severe mental illness. Saltwire Network's John McPhee spoke to one of the doctors about the research and some of their findings. The surprise was that the polygenic scores for something called neuroticism, which is like a collection of very minor and common symptoms, actually added prediction that we couldn't get from the family history. It helped us predict the risk and resilience better than even knowing the, the full family history for a person. And this is where, where the, the finding is new. You'll find John McPhee's full story on the groundbreaking research at saltwire.com. Let's check out a clip from today's Thinking Out Loud with Sheldon McLeod. Today, Sheldon chats with Bill Stewart on the issue of short-term rentals and the argument for people to do what they want with their own home. Those people who feel that their rights are being stepped mm. on, that their ability to do with their own property as they wish. What, what is your answer or your response mm. to that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. Um, it's a very seductive business model. The idea that you can you know, open up your house and perhaps have people come in and stay. And if it all goes well, it's, you know, it's a very interesting uh, model and a very seductive one. In fact, you don't have to manage it. We do have some laws and bylaws that um, other tourist accommodation have to comply with as well. And we've made some decisions publicly in our region about what kind of businesses can operate in our residential areas and around the community. So, no, we don't permit hotels to operate in our residential areas. There may be lots of reasons for that, um, but they're trying to, no doubt, protect a certain amount of neighborhood quality, which also brings with it probably some um, protection around safety and security and so on. To watch Sheldon's full interview, click on the opinion section at saltwire.com. And while you're there, click the podcast link for Sheldon's podcasts. Saltwire Network is a proud sponsor of the 2023 Prince Edward Island Canada Games. And on today's Atlantic Sportswire, we focus on a sport being part of the games for the first time.
It's been a long time coming, but karate is now part of the Canada Games after making its debut in Prince Edward Island this week. For those of us in Canada, it's very unique to have a multi-sport games like Canada Games. It's one of the few countries, maybe the only country that has something similar. So for us to be in such an important event is, uh, is a fantastic experience. We've been uh, working towards the Games since 2011. It's a personal project that I uh, headed. And... Um, you know, of course, we had uh, help doing it for sure, but you know, to finally actually be here when you know so many sports are, are hoping to be in the games, there's only so many spots. So for us, it's fantastic. Voki said there are many benefits from being able to be part of a Canada Games. Oh, it's a huge benefit. So number one, um, in many ways, is exposure of the sport to many people who aren't as familiar with uh, karate. Uh, it's to you know give a broader uh, exposure for everyone. Nova Scotia's Evan Peddle, who won a silver medal on February 21st, talks about what it means for karate athletes to be at the Canada Games. Uh, it's cool to get a lot of recognition, I guess. Uh, we go to like national and like world champ, like Pan Ams and those kind of events, but it doesn't get as much recognition. And now, now it is, it's a sport. Like at the Canada Games, people are like recognizing it for what it is. So I think, I think it's cool and it's come full circle. Folky describes karate as a dynamic sport. So, you know, every sport is a little bit different. So, so karate is a, you know, a contest where you can score with your, your hands or your feet. But you, there's also a combination of takedowns and throws and that can be done. Um, there is contact in karate. This is the 16, 17 year old division. So you can have some moderate contact to the body. They wear a little bit of body armor. They wear gloves. Contact to the head has to be strictly controlled or else it's worn. Approximately 70 athletes took part in the karate events at this year's Canada Winter Games. That is a number Craig Volke is excited to see grow in the future. In Summerside, Prince Edward Island, I'm Jason Simmons for the Saltwire Network. Now to see what's coming up in the forecast, we're going to check in once again with our weather specialist, Alistair Alders. Alistair? Thanks, Scott. Well, we are bracing for that snow here in Halifax tomorrow. We were also expecting some flurries and a bit of light snow here today. Hard to tell on the camera, but some very light flurries in the Halifax area this afternoon not really amounting to much. The main snow will be as we go through the overnight uh, hours tonight into and through Friday. So this evening it will be cloudy and periods of snow develop overnight tonight. We'll see the temperature this evening near minus 10 and waking up near minus 9 on Friday morning. We will see winds gusting 20 to 40 kilometers per hour in the morning and we'll have snow around. The snow will continue and could be heavy at times during the afternoon on Friday. The temperature rises up to minus 6. Winds will also pick up and gust 30 to 50 kilometers per hour but possibly up to 60 or 70 kilometers per hour directly along the Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia. Now, in terms of how much snow, certainly looks like at least 5 to 10 centimeters, but I think it will be cold enough and that we'll have some heavier bands that we could see 10 to 15 centimeters at least, maybe some local amounts of 15 to 20 centimeters in the Halifax area. So certainly as we go uh, through tomorrow afternoon, especially into the evening hours, it's likely that uh, travel will be poor in the, in the Halifax area and really for much of the province. Uh, with those winds in the afternoon, visibility will certainly be reduced. So if you have to be out on the roads, please do take care. The system eases to some lingering flurries into Friday evening. And then for the weekend, it is looking cold, but certainly calmer. Scott. 
Thanks, Alistair. That's all for now. For more extended video and full online articles, stay tuned to saltwire.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Scott Squires. Thank you for spending some time with us on Saltwire today. We'll see you back here tomorrow. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.